Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, EncounterChurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Uh, Pastor Lanley is our student ministries pastor. I've asked her to uh, to be a part of the service this morning. Normally she's upstairs with our kids and she's teaching your little ones. But as we are wrapping up the financial stewardship series, I really felt that we were to cut it one week short. And then what I really felt was that Pastor Lanley was to share her heart with you. Um, some of you have met Pastor Lanley, but quite honestly, a lot of times on a Sunday morning, she is consumed with all the rugrats upstairs. So she doesn't get to be a part of what's happening down here or mix and mingle with what's going on down here. So I thought it would be very um, wise to allow her to, to share her heart with you and to share what God has laid upon her heart for student ministries here at Bethel Assembly. So I've introduced you as a student ministries pastor. What does that mean? Well, that means I get any of your kids from like infant age all the way up until they graduate high school. Um, So I'm not directly involved with the nursery as much or empowered, which is our like three to five year olds. Um, But I do teach on Sunday mornings in our Illuminate class, which is going to be first grade through sixth grade. And then our youth is also seventh through 12th grade. Um, so I get to be involved in all of that, and that means that I get to be a person that they can count on to teach them the Word of God, to um, push them to grow, and to also just be somebody that goes along this journey of life with them um, that's consistent in their life. So on Sunday mornings, you're with the kids. Our youth services when? Our youth services Sunday night, um, and then we also have a small group Bible study on Wednesdays during our, ser- our prayer and praise service on Sunday night, so or Wednesday night. Sorry. A little plug, if you have teenagers that aren't currently plug- or plugged into our student ministries, they need to get plugged in. Yeah, I see you, and I want to like, have service with you. I'm just saying. All right. I there. see you, girl. You should come. <laughs> That's your personal invite. <laughs> personal invite. All right, so next question. How long have you been... Um, on staff here at Bethel Assembly? Uh, I think it's close to six months. Yeah. Started back in April? <laughs> yes. April 16th. Yeah. So it's just right around six months. And by the way, this is my, I believe today is my seventh anniversary here. So yeah. So you've made it six months. You can do it. Seven years. It goes by really, really, really fast. All right, so I want to give you some rapid-fire questions. And just so you know, she has not heard these rapid-fire questions. So she does not know what I'm getting ready to ask her. So I want you to tell me the first thing. Are you nervous? Yes. You are? Okay. The first thing that comes to mind, just right out of the gate, when I ask this question, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What's your favorite color? Blue. Favorite kind of coffee? Uh, chai tea. <laughs> Like it's a, it's a question. Dirty, it's a dirty chai, so it has espresso in it. Question: <laughs> Is is tea a coffee? <laughs> I'm not sure you'll make it seven years. Espresso, espresso's in it. It's a dirty espresso's chai. espresso's in. Okay, she calls it a dirty chai. So it's tea with milk and coffee. Yes. Weird. It's good. It's just weird. All right. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> don't don't side with her. You've made it two years. Keep pushing. All right, next question. So we got color. What color was it again? Blue. Coffee is dirty chai. 
It's good. Favorite food? Uh, something spicy. Something spicy. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite animal? Uh, elephant. <laughs> A favorite person on staff here at Bethel Assembly? Pastor Chris, of course. <laughs> she is so smart. So smart. <laughs> what is your life goal? Uh, oh, um, to be who I needed when I was younger. To be who you needed when you were younger. So expound upon that a little. What does that mean? Um, for me, when I was younger, I had a youth leader that was very intentional about being there for me. Um, and so just her consistently pushing me closer to Christ, I knew that when I got older, I wanted to be that to the gen next generation after me and the generations to come. Okay. So with that in mind, what is your dream for student ministries, um, both elementary age, but also the junior high and high school age? Um, my biggest thing is that they would be Bible literate, um, that they would know the word and that when they, you know, come home to tell their parents about what they've learned, that they actually remember it. Um, and that is probably the most important thing because the word has power and the word is what guides us through life anyways. Um, and I could say all these words to them, but the most important thing is that they know the word. Um, and then my second thing would be that they grow deeper in relationship with God and that they have the opportunity and the safe place to, to make mistakes, to take those opportunities to grow, um, to be engaged in the ministry that they have, to have ownership in that. Um, so for kids ministry, sometimes I let kids do tech. Um, I have this one boy, uh, his name's Caleb, and he's He's been awesome lately, um, but he, he's willing to come up and do, you know, the worship songs with me, and, and he'll act out the, the sermon with me, and, and he's been influencing the other kids to do so, too. Um, so just giving them those opportunities to do that, and then in youth, we're about to start um, our student leadership group. Um, so I'm really excited to have them step forward in some, in some ministry there and being able to be an influence to those around them as well. That's awesome. I, I love watching the students take ownership and really jump in. I, one little boy this morning, his parents had just checked him in uh, back at the computer in the back, and he looked at me, he goes, I'm tech today. So he was super excited. It was his first time ever doing tech, but he is jumping up there, and he, I think he was telling everybody, I saw him like, leave me and go to somebody else, I think it was Colton, and he tells Colton, hey, I'm tech today. So he was, he was ready to get plugged in. Yeah, that so, was Jacob. He's right. excited. <laughs> I, I love that, that ownership that they're beginning yeah. to take and, and how they see it not just as, oh, I have to go to whatever, but they get to be a part. They get to be involved. Um, and really, it's something that we as adults can learn from because uh, sometimes uh, we're guilty of just easily coming in and, and sitting and, and sitting out in our comfort zone and just kind of soaking in like a sponge when God says, man, you're supposed to get up and do it. And we're seeing that happen in our student ministries. Isn't that awesome? All right, so with that, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to let you share your heart with the rest of us. Um, you've got about 30 minutes left. So 35 maybe. So just share your heart, have your way, and just let God uh, flow through you this morning. Come on, give Pastor Landley a round of applause. All right, thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, yes, that'd be great. I just wanted to say thank you to him uh, for giving me this opportunity to talk to you guys and share my heart with you. Um, today, I will be talking a little bit about how we are better together. Um, that's just my heart, is finding out how we can encourage each other to serve one another and to be there for each other. 
Um, and that means all generations, okay? So today I'm talking about, you know, the younger generation, but I'm also going to be talking to you guys and how important it is that we are better together. Um, it's not good to go through life alone, and we all know that. And we all know that if we are isolated by ourselves, it makes it very easy for the enemy to come and to really get in our heart and tell us lies that aren't true, um, or lies lies obviously aren't true, but tell us things that aren't true. And um, so with that, I'm going to start with our first verse today, and it's going to be First Peter 5, 1 through 5. And we're going to just start from there. Um, but before doing so, I would like to pray and just ask the Lord to, to be here through this sermon. So, God, I just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you that you've given me this opportunity to speak what you laid on my heart and what I believe um, that you want this congregation to hear today, God. And, Lord, I just pray we would open up our hearts to you, God. I pray that we would listen intently. God, we would listen to your word. We would listen to the encouragement that is going to be spoken today, God. And Lord, I pray that if we have not been applying this to our life, God, that you would challenge us, God, to apply your word and actually live it out like you have said to do. And Lord, I just thank you um, for this service, God, and I thank you that we are able to come here together and hear your word and praise and worship you together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so 1 Peter 5, 1 through 6 says, And now a word to you who are elders in the church. I too am an elder, and I witness to the suffering of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to you, care, or to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and to all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So that's going to be our main scripture today. Um, so moving forward, we're going to talk about three ways we are better together when we serve each other. So our first thing is talking about every generation is important. Every generation. It doesn't matter what generation you were born in, every single one of you are important. Every one of you serve a purpose. Every one of you have a plan in God's, in, in our life from God, and he expects us and he commands us to move forward in our purpose in our life. Um, we come to church a lot of times in America, and we expect to be served, and then we expect to go home. And that is not what we've been called to do. We've been called to encourage each other. We've been called to serve each other. And with that, every generation is important. You are important. You have a purpose. You have a part in this church. If you come to this church, you're important. And you have a place. And so Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so is it with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So just as I said that every generation is important, this scripture literally just says what I said in a way better way. <laughs> it's God's word. He says it. It's truth. And it says that we belong to each other and we each have a part. We are all different. We all have different gifts. God's given each and every one of us a special gift, a special way we communicate with people, a special way we serve. 
And that's, that's the amazing thing about God's community is that we are all different, but we are so much better when we come together and we mesh together and we do what God has called us to do. Romans 12, 9 through 11 says, don't just pretend to love others. All right, so we're going to read that one more time. Don't just pretend to love others. All right? That is so important. You need to love others just as God loves you, just as God loves me. Love others. We can't do anything without love, the Bible says. If we do things without love, we're only a clanging cymbal. We're only loud noise. We are to love others. It says, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Here's the thing. We cannot have leading without elders, right? without people that have grown in their maturity in Christ, without people that have gone through life, that have wisdom. We cannot have somebody to lead without elders. And we can't have leading without the younger generation. So I know a lot of you guys have probably come to church and you probably thought, man, this younger generation is crazy. And you, (laughs) I mean, they are, but I love them anyways. Uh, But you've probably thought, man, if they were just a little better at this, or if they were just a little better at this, or if they had manners and respect people, whatever you're thinking, the thing is, is maybe you're the solution to that problem. Maybe you're the solution because you have the opportunity to lead them. You have the opportunity to invest in them. You have the opportunity to be the person in their life that teaches them God's word, that teaches them how to pray, that teaches them how to serve. And the thing is, is you can be that example. And sometimes that generation gap where we feel like things are, oh, it's a huge difference. Well, sometimes it's our fault because we aren't taking the opportunity to serve each other, to be there for each other. Discipleship and serving requires all generations. It requires all generations. Um, Just a short part of my testimony, just talking about different generations. Um, I had people that invested in me. I had people that believed in me, and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those people that saw potential in me and that really worked with me. A couple of those people, um, I talk about Pastor Danny a lot. If you know me, you know I talk about Pastor Danny a lot. Um, but he's, he's my godfather, but he's also been a, he's our youth pastor back home, and he's really just saw potential in me and believed that I could be whatever God called me to be. And he took that time to invest in me. And not only him, but I had the pastor's wife. I had older ladies in the church that just took me under the wing. This lady, Miss Opal, I remember she taught me how to cook. And she literally just would spend hours with me and investing in me, telling me stories, spending time with me, telling me how worthy I was. And that's what we are missing today in this culture, is we're not taking time to see potential and other people. And I'm not talking about just the younger generation, but in each other. 
Do you see potential in the person you're sitting next to? Do you see potential in your neighbor that you cross in the hallway out there in the foyer? We can spend time investing in each other because we realize that we are all important. We're all a part of this body together. Our second point today is every generation cannot lose sight of their purpose. This quote by David Platt says, we desperately need to explore how much of our understanding of the gospel is American and how much is biblical. Ouch. Okay? And what I found from this is serving one another is not American, but it's biblical. It's biblical. Jesus served. He served everyone around him. He was willing to be the first person to serve somebody else. In America, it's all about ourselves. It's all about what we want. It's about what we, we can do for our family. It's about what we can do in our success and in our career. It's all about us. But serving isn't about us. It's about each other. Serving isn't about what I can get out of it, but it's about what I can give. Serving is understanding that takes sacrifice. Serving is understanding that maybe I don't get a night at home to myself, but I'm making a difference in the kingdom because I'm loving on somebody else. I'm being there for somebody else. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decision to embrace God's command to serve those around you. That's by Andy Stanley. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decision to embrace God's command to serve those around you. Sometimes we forget that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, right? Sometimes we forget that we are called to serve. And sometimes it's our obedience that leads somebody else to Christ. Sometimes it's our obedience that pushes somebody else to move farther in their relationship with Christ. It pushes somebody else to serve. It pushes somebody else to join a life group. It pushes somebody else to, to bring food to a, an, like a church picnic. <laughs> it pushes somebody else to come to an event because you are willing to serve and you're willing to be there and be a part of the church. We are better together when we serve each other. So here are some ways that our older generation and younger generation can serve each other. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Accountability. How can we serve each other? We can be accountable to each other. All right? Accountability is so important in our relationship with God anyways. But when we serve each other, oh, you, could, you can come and you can serve, um, but you can be accountable to those people. Like, I'm accountable to Pastor Chris, and I'm accountable to Pastor Andy. I'm accountable to Pastor, or Miss Angie, <laughs> Pastor Angie. I'm accountable to all of them. One of those reasons, he's my boss. But the other reason is because, <laughs> yeah, one of those reasons, he's my boss. The other reason is because he's a mentor in my life. He truly cares about me, and he's taken that time to sharpen me. As a friend, as a mentor, as, as my boss, he pushes me to be better. And we should be willing to push others to be better. Sharpen one another as a friend sharpens each other. Romans 1.12 says, When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. 
encouragement. We can encourage each other. We can encourage each other to go deeper in our relationship with God. We can encourage each other to step out in faith. We can encourage each other to serve. We can encourage each other to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Encouragement is so important. One of the best things in my life is having a Barnabas. Barnabas was so encouraging. And the best thing you can do is is encourage somebody to do what God's called them to do, to use their gift that God's called them to do, like use. You can encourage somebody to, to actually step out and be a part of the church. If you have a gift with children's ministry, I'm plugging that right now. Go work in children's ministry. We need your help. If you have a gift in worship, you should be a part of the worship ministry. If you have a gift in hospitality, you should be a part of the hospitality team because we are not in this by ourselves, but we're in this together to serve each other, to be there for each other. We should encourage those around us to do what God has called us to do. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We can inspire. We can inspire each other. We can inspire somebody to actually serve somebody else. We can inspire somebody to go in a deeper relationship with God. We can inspire somebody to come and be more than just sitting in a pew, sitting in a chair. We can inspire each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 27 says, This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of, you, uh, each of you is a part of it. Unity. When we serve each other, we can bring unity. Because when you serve each other, it's no longer about you. It's no longer about what I need to get out of church, but it's about what I can give to church. And it brings unity within the members because we're not focused on ourselves, but we're mo- more focused on the kingdom and what we can do for God and what we can do for our community. And when we're like-minded, that brings unity together. When we're like-minded, that means we can move forward in what God's called our church to do. When we're like-minded, we're no longer arguing about m- minute things in the church. We're no longer caring about things that really don't matter in the long run, but we're caring about what the kingdom is how the kingdom's growing and how we can reach people that don't know Christ. Unity is the most powerful thing we could have as a church, is when we come together and we're no longer focused on ourselves, but we're focused on what God has called us to do as a church. Serving each other brings unity because it's not about yourself. It's about the kingdom. It's about God. Um, this morning I was, I was pretty uh, nervous about talking and I had a parent come up to me today, and he's so encouraging, and I, I just very much appreciate him and his wife and my life. And he said, it's not about you. It's about God, right? I was like, dude. <laughs> but for real, it's not about me. 
It's not about you. And if we would realize that more, if we would realize that it's not about what we can get, but it's what we can give. It's what we can do to help God's kingdom grow. It's what we can do to help others come to know Christ. I think in America, we, we tend to be focused on ourselves because we've grown in a very blessed nation. And we haven't necessarily had a lot of opposition of, of being able to come to church, of being able to unite together, have the word of God. And so we lose our focus. We lose what it's all about. We come and we sit in a service and we just sit there to be served instead of encouraging each other to go forth throughout the week and actually be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? Going to church isn't supposed to be just a one-time thing so that you can check it off your list. It's supposed to be an encouragement so that you can go forth and do what God's called you for the rest of the week, right? So that we can be the hands and feet to those around us. It's not supposed to be so that we can get served and so that we can feel better about ourselves, but to encourage each other to do what God's called you to do. So I also had a friend that gave me a great analogy. Um, I was talking to him and his wife, and he's like, it's like going to a church picnic and not bringing anything to the table, okay? We all have something to bring. If you only come to serve, then you're missing part of your purpose. If, you're only, if you only come to be served, you're missing part of your purpose, right? Because we aren't called to just be served, but we're called to serve. We're called to be with each other. We're called to inspire each other. We're called to be accountability to each other, to have unity with each other, to actually go forth and do what he's called us to do. Our third thing today is every generation should mutually respect each other. That's a good one right there. Every generation should mutually respect each other. I know that we think that younger kids have a hard time with respect or, you know, manners, whatever you want to think about. But, yes, they should respect their elders. Yes, they should respect those around them. But... Are we doing a dishonor to them if we aren't respecting them by serving them? Are we doing a dishonor to them if, if we aren't intentionally actually putting time into serving them? I know that's kind of hard, and sorry, I didn't expect a lot of amens there. But I, seriously, if you think about it, if we are talking about respecting each other, yes, I'll tell the youth kids, like, I need you to serve. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And I have quite a few youth kids that are like, okay, yeah, I'll go do that. This morning, I had somebody not, like, wasn't able to come. And so I was like, Colton, can you go upstairs and serve in, in the service? He's like, yeah, yeah, Pastor Lane, that's fine. I did that with Cody. I was like, hey, Cody, can you go count people? Because somebody ended up not being able to come. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. They're willing to serve. But... Just as they're willing to serve, shouldn't we be willing to serve them? Shouldn't be, we be willing to respect them enough to know that they need somebody to invest in them? And yes, I know that's my job because I know I'm supposed to invest in them, but I can't, I can't do it all myself, right? 
And I have amazing leaders that have taken time to, to really invest in them and be there. They're there week in and week out. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you guys that are there for them. I honestly, I wouldn't have made it this far without you guys <laughs> because you, you, you do the grunt work. You help me with this every week. And I appreciate you guys serving them and respecting them. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another warmly as Christians and be eager to show respect for one another. We should be eager to show respect to one another. To show each and every... Have you ever had a person come up and talk to you and you felt like you were the most important person in the room? Man, shouldn't we do that to everybody? Shouldn't we make everybody feel like a somebody when we're talking to them? Shouldn't we make everybody feel like they're important when we have a conversation with them? And I'm guilty to say that that's not always, that's not always how I do that because sometimes I'm busy on a Sunday morning. I'm trying to get things done, and I'm not taking the time to intentionally make sure everybody feels important, and I need to work on that just, just as well. But shouldn't we strive to be that person to make somebody else feel like they're most important person in the room when we see them, when we talk to them? 1 Peter 2.17 says, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Philippians 2.3 says, Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourself. Be willing to serve others. Not that you can boast. Not that you can say, look what I've done, but that we are considering others better than ourselves. You know, serving is understanding that one, it's not about me, but two, I should be considering those around me better than me. I should be considering those around me important, worthy, worthy of my time, Worthy of understanding that, you know, for me to, to be there for them, for me to serve them, it takes sacrifice. And maybe I don't always feel like doing it, but I've been called to do it. I've been called to, to take that time to invest in those around us. We're better together. We're better when we realize serving each other makes us stronger. Have you ever thought about... If we as a church were truly, like each one of us had a job in this church, each one of us were a part of some ministry, hospitality, children's ministry, youth ministry, nursery, um, tech, worship team, whatever it may be, security or safety team, whatever it may be, if you thought that each, if each and every one of us did that, wouldn't you think we'd be stronger as a church? Yeah. Because we'd all be in unity. We'd all understand that it's about those that need Christ. It's about those that need to hear who Jesus is. It's about serving our community. It's about serving each other. The best thing that I have learned in my life is how to serve. Because if I serve, I'm more kingdom-minded. If I serve, I understand that it's not about me. Our Christian walk isn't about us. 
It's not about us. It's not about what we can get out of it. But it's about growing deeper in Christ. And it's about while we're growing deeper in Christ with that progressive sanctification of moving closer and closer with Christ as we go through life, that while I'm doing that, I get to serve others and maybe, just maybe, somebody comes to Christ. And if I went my whole life serving other people and only one person came to Christ, it's totally worth it. It's totally worth all of that time, all of that sacrifice, all of the times I didn't feel like it, all of the times that I could have sat at home and had a night off, all of the times that I really just didn't want to. It would have been worth it because one person would have found Christ. One person would have came to Christ. My heart today was to share how we are better together. And being better together means that we serve each other. And being better together means that while we serve each other, we realize it's not about us. And every generation is important. Each one of you are important. Each one of you have a purpose. We cannot lose sight of that purpose as we go throughout life. Just because you've, you've been in church 50 years doesn't mean your purpose is over. Just because you've been in church 30 years doesn't mean your purpose is over. Five, ten, six months, whatever it is, your purpose isn't over. You still have a purpose with being a part of the church. And every generation should respect each other. We should love each other enough that we're willing to serve each other. That we're willing to make each other better through accountability, encouragement, inspiration, and unity. Because it makes us stronger, right? It makes us stronger in the end. It's a Martin Luther King Jr. quote that says, Life's most persistent and urgent question is, What are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? How are you serving others? What's your role in all of this? Where do you fit in? Where is God saying, what is God saying to you right now? What is he speaking to your heart right now? What is he urging you to do as a part of this church. So as we come to the end, um, something we do in youth is sometimes we, we just give altar time. And I really believe that that's what we should do this morning. But before doing that, I want to give an opportunity for anybody that does not know the Lord to know the Lord. And so if everybody would just bow their head with me, Lord, we just settle our hearts before you, God. And God, I just want to take a moment to allow you to speak to anybody's heart that does not know you, God. God, for you to draw them near. And with that being said, if you do not know the Lord this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to know him. So with us taking a moment to bow our heads, if you have not accepted Christ, I would ask you, to raise your hand if you would love to accept him this morning.
just going to give you that opportunity real quick. Okay. All right, for the rest of us, this is a time I just want to take. Um, prayer partners, if you would be available, if somebody wants to pray with you, that would be great. But I'm going to open up the altars for you to just come and seek God. Because sometimes I think we just need a, a moment to let him speak to us about what we've heard and then allow us to come to him and really just sit in his presence and allow him to speak to us. And so for the last about 10 minutes, we're going to open these altars for you to come. You can pray. Uh, if a prayer partner's up here, you can, you can speak to a prayer partner, but you do not have to come to a prayer partner. I just want you to be allowed to, to let God speak to you and move in your heart. And God, I just, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the words you've given me to speak. God, I thank you for putting this sermon on my heart, Lord. And I pray that as we end this service today, God, that you Lord, you would just speak to us, God, and I pray that we would be challenged to apply this to our life today. God, I pray that we wouldn't be hardened, God, if we feel like we're not doing what we're supposed to, Lord, but we'd be encouraged, God, to actually move forward with our actions and show that we are serving you, God. And Lord, I just thank you for today. And we worship you in Jesus' name.